Hello and welcome back to Much Do About Rugby, where we chat about everything rugby. I'm back again with my two friends, Maxon and Maliki, and today we are just going to chat a bit about the rugby that's happened this weekend. So we had the three Six Nations games. Uh, we're going to go through each one, uh, one after the other, and hopefully share some opinions, some good, some bad, uh, talk about all the teams, and just, um, yeah, do a little bit of a review, should we say. Um, so... Which match, Maxon, would you like to start with? Um, let's start with the first game, which was, remind me, Wales, Wales versus Scotland. Scotland. No. So we actually said <laughs> on the episode last week with, with Luke um, that, surprisingly, um, you know, obviously Scotland won the game. I think it was 14-10, the final score. Yeah. And, yeah, so Luke... Luke and Maliki and myself, we it was all me. said. It was me. Oh, so yeah. yeah <laughs> my brain is not there today. But yeah, uh, no, we said all, all three of us said that it would be a surprise if Wales didn't come away with a victory. So for Scotland to win that massive boost for them, obviously horrible conditions that day as well. I think it was a bit rainy and extremely windy. I mean, kicks just hanging in the air, not really going anywhere. Um, Maliki, what what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, Scotland were good. Um, they yeah, obviously were good enough to beat Wales, but also Wales were pretty bloody awful, in my opinion. I think <laughs> considering how <laughs> considering pretty bloody awful, yeah, considering how they've gone from like the uh, what's it called six Six Nations winner to only winning yeah to winning one game in the whole thing, it's pretty bad. Uh, but I think also. Scotland had a lot to do with that because I think they've actually got the best. I think they have the best defense in the whole of the Six Nations. I think they averaged like one point. I think it was one point. I know eleven point eleven point eleven point eight eight points per per uh, per game, which is not far off what South Af- South Africa had during the World Cup or something. So obviously Scotland doing something right, but yeah, I think Wales were just really not good. Yeah, I would just like to point out on, on, on that point about Wales not being good. Um, we we spoke about it last week. It's um, They're missing the, their defensive coach that they had when in that grand, um, in that Six Nations title win. Who is that? Um, Sean Edwards. He's, he's at France. Oh. He's at France at the moment. And yeah, I think they're sorely missing him. Obviously, their defence has just fallen to pieces, basically. They're committing so many... Um, so many penalties to the other to the other side uh, at the breakdown and at the scrum that they simply just you can't build any sort of performance if you're giving away that many penalties and i think i saw it was something like 12 penalties to to three at the at the start of the second half maybe in in i mean and and wales has conceded 12 penalties and it wasn't even the majority of the way through the match and i was just so like, yeah, you don't deserve to win a game of international rugby if you're going to be that ill-disciplined, essentially. So do you reckon that's what's actually going wrong with them, their discipline, or do you think there's something else that they're just completely getting wrong as well? Um, I think they're probably lacking a tiny bit of quality. Uh, I don't think, you know, if we, we... The thing of Dan Bigger, like, is he really as good as everyone's saying? Like, people had him for Lions jerseys not that long ago. Um has he ever really oh, yeah. shown himself in the Premiership, let alone on an international level, to be a class a class enough ten? 
Um, I think they're missing Gareth Anscombe. I think he's a really large loss for them. He was someone that was really coming to his own before he got a large injury. So I think they're missing him. I think the only players that are really, uh, you know, Liam Williams is a class player. Liam Williams is a class yeah, player. Yeah, he's, he's, he has been so good, to be fair. Yeah, and he's, he will he will be in a Lions jersey, I'm sure, when when the by the time the tour comes around. I also think that um, Alan Wynne Jones, can we just pay a bit of credit to him? Because obviously he is now the most most capped player in history but and that is an amazing achievement 149 tests and i'm sure he'll go on to get a couple of couple more in, in the nation's cup that's that's up and coming so uh, but at the same time you think he's been in the team for so long and is he actually offering anything anymore or is he just there as like a because it's alawin jones because he's a name well I, i'm not 100 percent sure i from what i've seen in recent years i don't think he's actually probably a good enough player to maintain that spot in the side when you compare him to other second rows in the world. Um, yeah. You know, you got the likes of Johnny Hill and, and Maratoja who are playing for England. You've got the likes of James Ryan playing for Ireland. Like All of these locks are, 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 are in my opinion, just better players than Alan jones and players that I would pick over Alan jones So, you know, maybe maybe there's they need some a couple more new new players coming through. You know, Louis Samet possibly. They have Josh Adams on the wing, who's fairly new. They have Nick Tompkins, but in the forwards they got Wayne Wright. But I don't know about the quality yeah. of the players that are coming through. I was just thinking with um with obviously the bit about uh, Alan Wynne Jones. It's obviously quite who are, who I don't even know who the other second row for Wales is, but for him to get a hundred Jake and- Ball. I don't know who he is, yeah, but they're obviously bad. they probably don't have that good depth in second row, or like have that quality in second row for him to be able to get. If you're saying he's not, if Alan Wins Jones isn't even like one of the best ever second rows, which some people do think he is, hmm. but he no, obviously think, is really good. But currently, I think in previous times he he has proven himself to be a really good player. But I'm just thinking, you know, he's been on the scene since so, for so long now been been on the on on the top of of that Wales pack and captaining the side i just think they're thinking like who comes in that's as good but at the same time Alan Wynne Jones probably isn't even playing that well he's just there as a name now possibly yeah i mean you have to remember I'm his not... leadership skills as well yeah i understand that's a part of it but at the same time like but ed if you think about it like i don't know when i was watching the game i think <clears throat> where i think wales lacked was they just didn't really have any direction, I, I felt, especially in attack. They were pretty dismal, not creative at all. And I think if you compare... I, I think it's less so to do with Alan Wynne-Jones in the pack, but more so about like who are the backline leaders who you can turn to and say, yeah, I know they're going to come up with something. Like I know, I know if we're in attack, then that person's gonna be a really creative yeah. player. Like also, Dan Bigger can, yeah, sure he can kick up bombs and regather the ball, but realistically, can he unlock a defence? Who's I not, can't remember. Who's playing twelve Hadley Parks? Is he? I, I can't I remember. Don't, I don't even but like, know, if you compare like, that to like any other of the sides in the Six Nations, it's like what the what the hell? Like in England have Ford Farrell, Scotland have um, Finn Russell, France have Intermag and Dupont, like all these really creative players who can actually like tear open defenses. Make something of nothing. Yeah. I, I, I made the point about, um, you know, bigger not really being there. And I'm, or, but then you're, you've got to understand like they do have injuries in that position, like Gareth Anscombe 
probably would, if he hadn't got injured, be one of the class players in that Wales team. Yeah, yeah. They and just probably, have a, they have probably be leading that back line. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. I mean they have like very little strength and depth. And it's quite clear to see, and I think it's mainly because their like region, their regional t- sides are really not very good, and player pathways aren't aren't, aren't as good really. Um, I mean, if you compare it to, I know we we compare a lot to England, but if you do compare, for example, that ten position strength and depth versus England, not even England. a comparison. Uh, if you compare England's yeah. top six, are probably as good as, if not better, than Wales's top two. Well, you got to look at Bigger's playing for Northampton, mm-hmm. and I haven't heard a conversation about Bigger when discussing like the best tens in the Premiership because obviously we're English, so people are more likely to focus on the English tens. But you know, when comparing him to someone like Marcus Smith, Joe Simmons, like Northampton, Jacob Umanga, Jacob Umanga, the, the, these players have all had incredible. These players have all had incredible seasons. And bigger has he, you know, Northampton got to the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup, fell off after lockdown, didn't really perform at all as a team. So I don't know, maybe that says something because it's like even their best players, their club form hasn't been as good. So, but how can they know, go from just something one of the most dominant sides in the world to suddenly obviously being awful? I think it is, it is, it is defence as well. I think Sean Edwards, you know, is a massive loss. And you can see it because France have Sean Edwards now as their defensive coach. And we'll come on to the France game, obviously. But you can see now that France are just more organised. They're not, you know, France were a bit of a liability side. They they would commit a lot of penalties and just let, let other sides into the game before. Mm. And now they're, now they're just defensively so good. Like, I mean, England couldn't break break them down and England were just off the back of a World Cup final mm. so you'd expecting them to I, yeah. I don't know we could, Mal, we could go I we mean, could go on about it but uh, Mal to answer your question like as to how how they've gone from essentially with the same side going from winning a Six Nations Grand Slam and being one of the best sides in the world to where they are now I think it's a combination of two things first thing is obviously Wayne Pivak and they've lost that like <laughs> I feel like they've lost that like edge and lost the ability to win a game. I know it might sound a bit silly, but I just don't think that they can like they don't really don't really feel like they have that direction. And the second thing is, I think a lot of the other sides, especially in Northern Hemisphere, have got a lot better. Um, like the only side, like for example, Scotland, so much better. If you look at like the fundamentals yeah. of that Scotland side now, they have like Russell, Hogg, Johnny Gray, who are all um, like Champions Cup finalists. Which yeah, is twenty percent really of the team. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely coming out of the World Cup. They haven't really add like all these other sides like trying to add something. They're trying to change something up, seeing how they can improve. Mm. But obviously, Wales haven't coming out of the World Cup. They obviously did pretty well getting uh, where where they get third or some in. So, but yeah, yeah. Oh, they haven't like, really done much to change. Other, yeah, yeah. Or, if you think of the other Six Nations sides. Uh, let's think about okay France we're thinking I think in an extremely positive direction same with Scotland um, same with England like maybe neutral to slightly get it improving slightly um, Ireland no, arguably hold, hold off hold off on Ireland because we'll come on to them when we talk about the game yeah sure I, anyway, have, I, I think, have a massive problem with Ireland I think it's a combination <laughs> of them of like Wales just not playing very well and other teams playing really really well and don't take anything away from Scotland because they also beat France in the Six Nations um, so they're, they're yeah, helped, helped by a red card, by the way, an early red card. Yeah, but still, 
I mean, you can only win win what's in front of you, right? And beat what's in front of you. Yeah, true. Um, so, so yeah, like obviously Wales with the loss, which we said would would surprise us. It kind of has, but in some ways, like looking back on on what we were saying in the previous episode, it makes sense. Know, it makes sense. Scotland are on the up. Wales are on a bit of a downer at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think fourteen ten the final score in that one. Moving on swiftly to the second match of the day. Um, and just to put it all for those people who might not know, England needed a bonus point win to be in contention to win the Six Nations. And in the final game, the France-Ireland match it, um, in Paris, uh, France needed to win by a certain amount of points in order to win the competition with a bonus point, And Ireland needed to win by six points with a bonus point, I think. So yeah, it, was it was all a bit confusing. Like it was all a bit confusing, but basically all the teams wanted to win so that they could win by as much as possible and win the Six Nations. Um, so the first game that happened after the Wales-Scotland game was the England-Italy match. Um, yeah, I think the final score was about 42-5. to um, five. Was that right? Was it 42 it was or 35? Something. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was 38-5 uh, yeah, or something. I mean, 10-5 at half-time, I, I know that for sure. Like, Italy came out, Jake Pelledri scored a really good try. Ben Young's getting his 100th cap, scored a, scored a nice try. Farrell making a nice break, giving the ball back on the inside to Young's on a great yeah. score, like all scrum half should. They thought Young's really had a, strong. Thought Young's had a really good game. Um, But yeah, England just ran away with it in the in the second half. I mean, it was a bit, it was, a, it was quite an up-and-down game, though, because... England when it was like five minutes in when Ben Young's got that try and it was it looked so easy that try when they scored it that I just thought surely that is just going to be like the end it's going to be just like try after try like that but then they kind of fell off the pace as you said Pelleggi got his try and obviously he's been pretty good uh, replacement for Parise I would I would I would say um, yeah and yeah but I don't know I don't really know what what happened in that whole middle section. Obviously, Johnny Hill got a yellow card, but kind of fell off in like the by the first, yeah, as you said, by the first half, it was only ten five. But what what do you guys actually think went wrong in that first half that made it so much closer than it probably should have been? Honestly, I think it probably was just a bit of, you know, Italy had had a warm up game against Ireland. We haven't, we were meant to have a warm up game. We haven't played. I know it doesn't answer everything but you've got to think about the fact that they've just played a test they're coming off the back they'll be hurting Italy will be hurting they'll want to come out and fight strong um and England you know they also had nothing it, to play for right so you it does, it does take a around. yeah it does it does take a bit of of you know you can't just turn up and play a test really I think it does take a tiny bit of time to grow into a game uh I think it's it's been shown with all the teams that have played so far um maybe maybe apart from France that they you know had to take a bit of time to get back into the test test rugby um so i think that might have been one reason for england being slow but then again i think maybe we came into the game thinking that it would be a bit easy after seeing italy lose to ireland by so much maybe we were just in the wrong mindset and we needed a bit of a bollocking at half time from eddie jones so who knows yeah i think we we i i, I don't know if it was last season or the season before when we had that whole problem with Italy as well, where they got that, they found that loophole with the whole rocking thing and they mm. caused us a problem. So I don't, I don't know if it's just they're getting, yeah, as you say, getting their heads a bit. 
or something else. But I don't know. It was good that we actually managed to finish off the game strongly. But what did you guys also make of the um, the de- the deputies? Is, is that the word? Deputants. Deputants. Yeah, that's what I thought. What do you what do you make of them? Maxon. Um, I thought well, obviously Johnny Hill got a yellow card. Um, I thought other than that he was all right. Um, nothing, nothing wild. What other debutants were there off the bench? Yeah, yeah, that's quite a few. Ollie though, Lawrence. Is it? Yeah, Ollie Lawrence. Lawrence. Uh, Tom Dunn. Uh, Ter- Tom Dunn. And that's yeah. There was one more. Did you guys sure see the uh, video of Tom Dunn crying down? Yeah, the phone? yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> my G, my G. He was only on for a minute. But yeah. yeah, minute and a half. You think Jones, if, if we're a bit of, if we're a few points up against Italy, surely get him on for at least like a fifteen, ten minute. Who's this? Ollie Lawrence. No, no, Tom Dunn. Well, Tom Dunn. You know, I think on. Jamie George He's... kind of was. He was waiting on the sideline for a good five minutes or something, and Oli, and Jamie George just wasn't coming off. I think he was getting into the scrums, and Tom Dunn was just waiting on the sideline. <laughs> Please, yeah. please. <laughs> and it was and it was Jamie George's fiftieth cap, so he probably wanted to play the whole game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what do you what do you no. think of um Eddie saying that Ben Youngs could make it to one fifty caps? I mean I quite I, judging by the way that Ben Ben Young's played, um, you know, I don't really mind. I I think the fact that he works with Farrell so well, or Ford for that matter, I think it just you know, but he doesn't really let us down. I think there have been times in, in the past where I've thought that Ben Young's passes really solely from the rucks. He's sometimes he's a bit frustrating to watch. But you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's been like a he's been a really good player, really consistently good player for England for obviously a long time now. So there's no reason for him to lose his spot just yet. He's also been carrying Leicester basically since lockdown, almost single handedly. Um, and I think, yeah, just, you know, we talk about Dupont running support lines and Aaron Smith running support lines. You know, Ben Youngs did exactly that against Italy and got and got his two tries, managed to score two tries in his, his 100th appearance. As far as I'm concerned, he's just doing nothing wrong. I think yeah. he's a good player. And he, I think, and he yeah, he's definitely his improved his game a bit recently. Like, he's definitely being a bit more creative and, like, attacking the line a bit more. Um, obviously, two tries. And he got, he, got, he got a few tries like that in the World Cup as well so i think mm. he's definitely upped his game a bit because i remember us like i don't know maybe the beginning of the pod or like even before we started the pod we never really rated him that highly like he's just like a standard player because we didn't have anyone really outstanding at scrum half but he's obviously been pretty good but i don't know yeah. if he'll get to 150 but 100 is pretty good 100's really good. Impressive. Only the second English player to do it, obviously, after Jason Leonard. So, seriously impressive. Mackie, any thoughts on anyone else? I mean, I have a couple of players, but I thought I'd ask them first. <laughs> do you want to talk about George Furbank? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What does, what does he offer? Can I? George Furbank is by far the most average test rugby player I've, I've seen since Billy 12 trees played for me. <laughs> like, what makes you no, say that? What makes me say that? Okay, so... What do, what does he just what does he bring both for Northampton and for for England? Okay, you've got you've got a you've got two people in in the in in positions on the wing, Anthony Watson and Johnny May. We know what they can do. We've seen them do it both for club and country multiple times. They're sick players. They've got speed. They've got a step. 
and Johnny May in particular is really good defensively. Furbank, on the other hand, I just don't really have any comments on him. I mean, that might mean that he's not doing anything wrong, but at the same time, you know, at least when Mike Brown was playing, he might make the odd mistake, but he always looked like he was involved in the game and always was... He would break a couple of tackles every game. He'd make some meters, score a try. Furbank, I don't see anything from him. Occasionally, one kick that might go into touch a decent length. Occasionally, yeah, that's yeah, what I could. I could name at least. Something. I could name at least five players I'd rather have. Uh, who, in... who who would you put in instead then? I'd rather have Roy Rosie, McConaughey, Elliot <laughs> Daly, Elliot Daly. Well, Elliot Daly's Daly. injured, but. Yeah, yeah. This is if there were no injuries. Yeah, okay. I'd rather have uh, Cockner Singer and Anthony at Watson at fullback. Anthony Watson at fullback. Jack yeah, Noel. Yeah. Jack Noel on the wing. Jack Noel. Um, Rory mm. McConaughey on the wing, or Rory McConaughey at fullback. Rory he, McConaughey he, at that fullback. Was, that's, his, that's his original position. You know, that there's just a ton more higher quality players essentially than than Furbank, and I want to know what Eddie Jones is thinking in is I want in putting him in. Well, it, it would be interesting because maybe maybe Eddie sees, obviously Eddie sees something in, in Furbank that we don't, but it seems to be the, the general consensus on any forum that I, that I look on, on, on any Facebook page and any YouTube comment section, who is George Furbank and what did he do in today's game? I don't know. Maybe, maybe if I looked at his statistics for the Premiership or even for his England career so far, it might say differently. But I can't imagine. Can't really imagine. He's not. He's not even been that good in the Prem, though. That's what I don't understand. I mean, I don't have his stats up, but he's not exactly been a standout player. Like, he's not. No in, you wouldn't say, "Oh, George Furbank is a form out, form back three in the Prem." Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's exactly. just looking for someone consistent be... to fill the fill the gap, like someone who's going to be consistent and he can have. But then he can also build on it because he's. I think Furbank's fairly young, but yeah, if, if he's being consistent, and, or maybe he's just experimenting, trying to see what works best. And but again, there's young fullbacks who are way you, better than Furbank, like you, Max Malins. Yes, yeah, yeah and Malins. Can, Malins can he made the squad. With anyone else? Can he please just experiment with someone else? But yeah, but he's only had this is only like Furbank's second cap, isn't it? So he's got maybe he's trying to give him a couple chances, and then he'll hopefully he'll. Give some other players a chance, like like Malins, and um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah. as far as Furbanks, I mean, he's not. Yeah, as you said, he's not doing anything know. wrong. Can, but... can we just can we just compare him to the other fullbacks of World Rugby? One of whom I'm going to come on to later when we talk about the Ireland game. Um, but like Boutier is a class fullback for the French, super reliable, makes breaks, scores tries, makes the right decisions, offloads passes, does all of that. Every time I've watched him play, I've been really impressed with him. Played really well against England. Played seriously well in the match against Ireland yesterday. Um, then, then you talk about someone like Liam Williams, um, who has played fullback for Wales. Seriously good player again. Proven himself time and time again on the international level. Lee Halfman, he proven himself. He offers goal kicking, um, which is something that a lot of fullbacks don't offer. Um, he's also solid defensively and can sometimes do something in attack. I mean, we've, we've seen that. He's an older player now, but on the Lions tour, you know, Scored a couple of tries on that. Um, you know, you've got Stuart Hogg, and you're comparing Furbank as an international England international fullback to to these to these guys, and you're uh, I just don't see it. There are so many more players that could be comparable if given the chance in an England shirt to those to those quality players. Yeah, so would, because they've would been you, proving. Would you put Daly instead of him? 
Because you're, I, you're I, not I a massive Daly's, fan of Daly at fullback. I, I used I used not to be, but I think it took him a while to get used to the fullback role. Daly is a solid player, and he's also quick and offers a lot more in attack. Um, and he also offers offers kicking long range. So that you know that's already more than I can say about Furbank. Already, like Daly's attack is so sick. Yeah, like he's so, he's, he's rapid. You know, if it was anyone else on the end of that, apart from Johnny May or Anthony Watson on the end of that try that he scored against Wales a couple of years back, like you know. Yeah, yeah, but not even finishing. If Furbank, like, Furbank wouldn't have scored that. Yeah, but I love having seen him at fullback because like he can drop into the thirteen channel. His passing is sick. Like he runs those like arcing lines and always gets two on ones on the outside. And it's actually, like, it's yeah. just come weird, back, Elliot. Come back, come yeah. back. Like if you How have Farrell, also Farrell at ten. Not that long. I think it was just a niggle. Um, but like if you have Farrell at ten or twelve as well, they obviously play with each other at Sarries. Elliot Daly plays fullback at Sarries and just. It's not really fair. Connections. Connect- yeah, connections. Um, who, who else? Billy V. Not really that impressed. Mm. Um, I still think someone else needs to be given a chance. I saw one shout earlier on a forum saying that Jack Willis should play eight and we should have the same six and seven. Interesting decision. Not sure I'd go with it, but there's got to yeah. be. I'm not you sure know, about you've that. Got, you've got Don Brand. You've, you've got people who, who are playing well for club. And I think in a match against Italy, especially, maybe should have been given a chance. Yeah, Don Brandt for sure yeah. should be given a shot. Like he's he's carrying games mad, and I think if Billy's continues not his not having amazing form, then it's worth. Oh, he's giving... just so reliable though. Like yeah, his hands like... Are, and like as a ball, he's he's a better ball player than Don Brandt by far. I yeah. think Don Brandt's proven himself have to... to be a really good ball player. Yeah, no, Don Brandt's so young. Like He's only going to get better with more experience. And he's been good in the Prem, but he hasn't been like exceptionally good. But but yeah, but that that's because he. But for his age and the amount of, is, I don't know if this is first or second season in the Prem. Like he's been for that amount of time he's been playing professional rugby. That is, he is pretty good. And yeah, like, yeah I know, I know. Better. But there's there's a lot. There's a there's. I I definitely put at least two or three back rows ahead of him. To, to get an England to cap. play eight, uh, to play eight, yeah, because you, I'd in? rather I'd rather have top. I'd rather just put Tom Curry at eight. And what then about Sam test Simmons? Six and sevens. Yeah, Sam Simmons, Sam Simmons. I think he's yeah. he he's he played exceptionally he well. Yeah, um, yeah, and I like, think no, he deserves a chance ahead of Don Brandt. Yeah, you have yeah, to remember no, also Eddie, fair, is, fair, Eddie is building the squad for the next World Cup cycle. Like he is obviously thinking within the four years who, who are going to be players who are going to be by that time are going to be hitting their peak form and obviously he needs to try get them as much experience as they can internationally and I don't know obviously Eddie just doesn't see something in either the Simmons brothers because I don't know yeah I think I think yeah just going back to you know the, the difference between Simmons and Don Brandt and Vunipola like Don Brandt and Vunipola are quite like for like they're big ball carriers uh, whereas Simmons is more pacey and kind of, you know, more likely to gas someone basically than Billy V or Don Brandt, I'd say. So they they are yeah. different players in that sense as well. So it depends what Eddie Jones wants from his number eight. But even so, so I, I think say. Billy Vinopola is still different to Don Brandt because, like, if you give Billy Vinopola like from a standing start, this is why I like Billy Vinopola because, like, if he gets shit ball at the back of a scrum and he picks it up, you know he's going to be able to stand his ground. But Don Brandt. 
the reason Don Brandt's such a powerful runner is because when he's running at speed, he is he's really quick and big. So he'll actually like complete, he'll just like truck truck people. But like at the back of a at the back of a scrum or like from a standing start, you need someone who can like take the hit. And I just feel like in the international stage, I'm just yeah, not convinced. Power. Yeah, it's fair. I think I'm just worried about Billy V becoming a bit of a liability. I think that's what some people have described him as in the match, especially the first half um, on the, on yesterday. So I think that's just what I'm worried about a bit. But obviously you can't judge someone on one, one horrendous game. Um, so we'll see. Obviously Billy will probably start the next few games in the Nations Cup. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And if Eddie does when make does any that changes, start? it'll be interesting. Later. Um <laughs> Will it still uh, go so, on if there's lockdown? Yeah, probably. They still have Premier League fixtures, so they can't. Will they? You know. Mm. Yeah, they're still gonna. They're, they're, well, there's no plans to stop the Premier League. If if there was, surely it'd be all over BBC Sport. But we'll bear it in mind. We'll keep an eye Fingers out. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um. So moving on to the last game of the weekend, the decider. Um. If if you if you like, uh, Ireland versus. France in Paris and France won this one in my opinion pretty convincingly um like there was a bit of worry for for me at the start the first 20 minutes Ireland came out quite strong then we got the final score for that game 38 27 maybe yeah 30 yeah. something 20 something yeah. so not not close but not you know yeah, yeah, I, I think, think it flattered think, Ireland a bit. I think it did flatter Ireland a bit. I thought Ireland were pretty dreadful, didn't really offer much. Massive confusion about on penalties. Do we go for the corner? Do we kick at goal? They, Paul O'Connell, I think they, they Ireland went in to halftime at 17-13 down, I think. And Paul O'Connell in the studio on ITV said the comment, I think Ireland will be happy. And I was like, <laughs> if your team is happy... <laughs> going into the dra- into the dressing rooms when you're losing a game at half time you you take shouldn't a, take a long hard look you at yourself <laughs> yeah literally i was i was like i was like you're happy I, I mean yes you're away from home yes it's still a very close game all to play for but did he not mean that because they were getting dominated so hard that he's happy there wasn't more i don't think they were getting dominated that hard i thought you know both both teams had um, yellow cards in the match. Both, you know, I just think France just out. They outplayed them in the math in the moments that it mattered. But that's not to say that Ireland didn't have opportunities to score and opportunities to possibly push on and win the game. It's just I don't think Ireland have. Okay, I, I, I'm going to move on because I want to talk about Jacob Stockdale now before I forget to. Because he <laughs> is not a good player anymore. There was yeah. a time when he was Half good, and yeah, okay, one try, one try at the end, one breakaway try does not make you a good player. It doesn't. It wasn't even he, a good try. He had, he had. Uh, I know I just said you can't base a player on one horrendous game, but even against Italy, I thought he was pretty horrendous. He's like, not, not been offering good much for a good year. And, and this game just summed him up basically for me. He dropped everything. He didn't. He didn't offer anything. He got every time he got tackled, he would drop the ball forward. Anytime the ball was kicked to him, he would wait for it to bounce, knock it on, do something. If if the ball was past him, I don't know. He just made so many errors, and I just think 
Ireland should where well, they can't really wait to have Jordan Lama back, even though he's not. Why, the best why are they? In the why world, are they but... playing? Uh, stocked out 15 do they just not have anyone else who can play 15 to a decent level because I think even at I mean he's stocked has not completely lost his touch to the 2018 um, season but even I think he's better at um, on the wing than he is at 15 100% so I think he would get a bit more freedom and a little bit less pressure if he was on the wing which is what he was enjoying beforehand yeah, what has but... happened to Ireland? Like ever since they beat the All Blacks in the US, it's kind of just been like, <sighs> I don't know. They're either. not. They're not. They're not as good as everyone thinks. They're not as good. They. They. They were they, so they, good though. They, they thrived. Were so good. They thrived under Joe Joe Schmidt. Um, but since since I don't really know what's happened to them. I think I think they're just lacking something. I think Sexton and Connor Murray aren't as good as they were. I think. Hmm. And that's really important, obviously. You've got Youngs and Farrell for England. We've spoken about them. And Tamak and, and Dupont for France. You know, these anchors of yeah. of real star quality. And you really... I don't see that anymore with Johnny Sexton. I don't, I don't see it. I don't... I just think all I these... Think p- all people their... just... Talk... Sorry, yeah. You go I was on. just saying, I think all their big players, like Sexton, Murray, Furlong, like, I think like all these guys who you would say... Ireland's top players and are not the only player who I'd say is in good their best form probably in a while is going to be James Ryan maybe Lama when he wasn't injured but even then he wasn't like outstanding I'd say James Ryan is only outstanding player probably in the mm-hmm. Ireland team currently actually there is there is one more I'd like to point out who did have a particularly good game in my opinion I thought Robbie Henshaw and I think he's a yeah, really he's got good an player. Outrageous score, didn't he? Yeah, I think I I seriously like I I don't I've I've been unsure on him for a while, but I think now after seeing a performance or a couple of performances like that, he was really good against City as well. I just think he's played fifteen before as well. So yeah, I always rated Henshaw, and you you guys always shot me down. But uh, <laughs> he's good. Okay, I've got a question to pose to you guys: How badly do Ireland need James Lowe? Yeah. Okay. This this is mad. this is another point. This is another point. So, um, Ireland brought off the bench. They brought Jameson Gibson Park, um, who is the most Kiwi person on the face of the planet. <laughs> he literally played for the Hurricanes in New Zealand. Was born and bred in New Zealand. He's obviously done what James Lowe's doing. Got his residency. Came off the bench. You're bringing off Jay. Jay. You're bringing off Conor Murray. You're bringing on Jameson Gibson Park to try and finish the game and help you win. A, a deciding Six Nations match. I think if you're bringing off that kind of, I mean, he's not a bad player, but if you're bringing off that kind of quality off the bench, you're you're not really. He's not a game changer, is he? Mm. It might he's just be a... down to lack of depth that Ireland have. Like similar to what we were talking about, Wales. Like their squad hasn't massively changed, and they because they only have a limited amount of teams, they might not have the depth that other teams like England do have. Yeah, possibly. I don't know, but I think who's who's the guy that who's who's the Ulster scrum half? John Cooney. Um, yeah, yeah, John Cooney. Where's he? Um, you Might know, they 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 have depth in, in uh, they have Luke McGrath. Um, they have depth in that particular position, and yet they chose Jameson Gibson Park to close down the literally the most important game it, of the year um, yeah. so far. So I I just it doesn't really make sense to me that selection. 
Uh, I I think they're probably are they they probably are missing Lama. I think that would sort out their backline. They could have Aki and Bundyaki and Ringrose in their centres and keep Sexton and Murray. And I think at the moment I think Hugo Keenan, their new winger, didn't prove anything really. Proved proved me right basically. He's not he's not a special player. He's okay. He he doesn't offer loads. He's a bit small probably. Not quite quick enough. I don't think. I don't know. That's just what I saw. But yeah, I don't mean to say I, I don't mean to say Ireland too much. But I just don't think they've <laughs> offered a lot. For, so much. I don't think they've <laughs> offered a lot for a while now. And I think people just overrate them just because it's of, of the name Sexton and the name Murray, and that's what I don't like. So yeah, shall we move on? We're talking to, about France. Yeah, France. A bit more interesting. Uh, yeah, they've been really good, really fun Malachi, to watch why as well. You talk about your Reddit post. Oh yeah, just like obviously the main reason why uh, France are doing so well at the moment is because of their nine ten combination of Dupont and uh, Untermark, which have, they've both been absolutely in, insane. And one point that I think it was Paul O'Connell said is how are they still performing so well when Ireland and other teams they're playing know that these are the two target guys and these are the guys who be, are the outstanding players and they're still managing to do all the creative stuff and break the line and literally lead the team forward when they they are the players that are having to be targeted. But yeah, obviously, what do you guys make of each uh, DuPont and and Mac? Market? Yeah, obviously they're exceptional players. I mean, the try they scored where <laughs> the DuPont shot over his head and, and so I was there. I was just like, I actually, actually, stop. Cream myself. I was stop. just like, um, yeah. I mean, we spoke. I think we we spoke about it with in the last episode um, about French rugby in general and just how how good they are. Uh, those two definitely. I also like to say, um, Vacatel was pretty pretty good as well. Um, he's obviously been playing really, really well for Racing, and it's just so much. I don't know. I feel like when you have those two at nine and ten, and then the flair that they have out wide, it's Can just. Can we just insane. talk about as well, like you because everyone always forgets about him, and he's just another player, and he reminds me of Brad Barrett, um, for when for Saracens because he's always been a staple, like really good defensively, just hits the hits the lines up the middle, and that's Arthur Vincent. Yeah. and he he is seriously reliable seriously good player hardly makes any mistakes makes the right decisions another player that's just good quality so reliable doesn't necessarily do much scene work but at the same time just is a good player he's of that Brad Barrett sort yeah. Um, yeah. which is They're a massive great. massive compliment yeah. because Brad Barrett's one of the we've spoken about him before one of mm. the best defensive 12s in, in the world, in, in the world. So to be fair, what I, I and this is something I noticed because obviously I've been paying a bit more attention to France. Is I feel like they're playing like um, like Toulouse basically. Um, interestingly, I think they're playing. They're not. Well, it's not no surprise because they have nine and ten uh, Dupont and Tomac, but they're not so much playing like a racing side. Um, it's like they're obviously fundamentally off the back of their pack. Their pack of absolute beasts yeah sean edwards huge, in defense sean edwards defensive huge. coach actually he's done a job like they're smashing people back it's actually terrifying and then it just gives like 
Dupont and Tomac front football. They just feed like Vakatawa. All these these players that are back yeah. three players outrageous. Um, similarly with Toulouse, they they play a similar game plan and then they just feed Colby in any kind of space and he scores. Um, I feel like that's similar to what they're doing, exception except their threats are probably more spread out, which is even harder to defend in the back line. Um, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I think the options they have in their back line, obviously, they have Dupont, who can he's what his passing is great, his kicking's great, he does all those darting runs, and obviously his support lines are one of his. That's how he's got getting tries recently. And so they can go to him who can dart around or they can play it to Untermach who is able to maybe play a bit more like, he's a bit less like, I don't, I don't know how what the word would be. Attacking. Like, Just game bit, management. Yeah, yeah he's, his game management, he's got the options. And I think, as you said with Vincent and Vakatao, having those two guys as your centres makes such a big difference because you have those options of, you can just get it out to them if there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But then again, uh, what's his name? Intermax's kicking game is really good. And yeah, they just have a great backline and they're really being creative. And I think the fact that they've got, they got all the experience of playing for mm-hmm. Toulouse and they've also played for France under-20s together, Intermax and Dupont, for a long while. <laughs> it's actually unfair. <laughs> so... Can I also ask, how has Fiku suddenly become like a world-class winger? Because he's on the wing, mate. And he was yeah, playing literally 12. He was playing 12. Yeah, and, and he's just been given that freedom to play Jouer Jouer Rugby, which is like the French have always basically been wanting to do. They've just never been allowed to do it. And their, their coach now, I don't know his name, but he's obviously just telling them to express yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I think the fact that they absolutely actually... dominate the other pack and then just feed the insane yeah. back line. That guy, that guy with Emsa is scary. Also, yeah. Charles Oliver. <laughs> Charles Oliver is actually terrifying. He scored that <laughs> oh, try against unreal. England, and like he can't run very quickly. But like I would not want him to. He's actually massive. Like they're just scary. You've also got Camille Shout off the bench. Why does neck in rugby? <laughs> he's just massive. That guy. He's so... actually so. He's at least less sub hooker. Like he's mad. But what do you guys also make of um Rates the winger? Because he's not exactly the biggest of guys. Like, yeah, but he's a Jouet, Jouet, Jouet player. He's a flair player. And if you don't have him, then you have, you it's... know, Teddy Thomas. Mate. Yeah, but that surprised me. He's he's like their France's starting winger. But I think, obviously, I, one thing he is good at, is, I've seen, is he's kicking. He knows when to kick down the line. I think he did a really good kick in the uh, Ireland game where he got it and he kicked it all the way. I think, I think it might have led to a try, but it literally went straight down the line. So he's obviously a great footballer as well. But yeah, France are... Really bloody good. Pretty yeah, scary, scary stuff. Scary um, as an England fan. Yeah, so that concludes our review of, of all the games. Um, we would just like to say that England did win the Six Nations, so... <laughs> 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 uh, any, any, <laughs> any Wales or Ireland or France or Italy or Scotland fans. Um, England are obviously the best team in the world and we'll remain so for the rest of time and that is it from us today so if you don't already follow the Instagram page obviously go and check us out on there it's at much rugby also we're on Facebook you can find us all the episodes um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as more recent episodes on YouTube along with all clips if you don't have that much time to watch those episodes in full obviously um, that. We'll conclude the episode. So thank you very much for listening. 
We've been Much Do About Rugby, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Rugby.